0: Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch the great Muppet caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we have a guest who is back with us once again. Having joined us not only for the Muppet movie, but also two TV specials in between. Guest, who are you? Who who am I? I am Joe and I am the co-owner and editor-in-chief
1: of topics.com the sponsor of the podcast that you're listening to right now. Wow.
2: Wow! The- also exciting... You were here four times on the Muppet movie and all of them were either opening or closing credits.
1: I know and I joked that um I like the uh the the minutes where uh, you get to read. <laughs> uh, because the movie's really boring and I like I just want to read a book. Yeah um, and,
2: and and now you got that you got the boring minutes again, man. Let's do it. I do and
1: I was I'm like actually really excited to talk about these minutes which I originally chose because I love John Cleese and now I'm actually Like, unironically excited to talk about simply because they are so boring.
0: That is funny (laughs) that you, yeah, you ended up with something that is entertaining because it's boring. Yeah. So, what minutes is it, right? And that thing is minutes 37 and 38 of The Great Muppet Caper, in which uh, Kermit arrives at 17 Highbrow Street while the residents of the house continue their stimulating chat. And uh, as this clip begins, Miss <laughs> Piggy is continuing to sneak through the house at 17 Highbrow Street from the upstairs. Um, I gotta say, I'm not exactly sure what her plan is here. I, obviously, I, she wants to be in the house when Kermit shows up, but then what? Has she thought that far ahead?
2: I think she just wants to meet him at the door, right? And I mean, she just we're wants, gonna see
0: next She time. just wants to intercept him at the door and hopefully not get caught by the people who live there. Well, and I have yeah. to wonder,
1: like, did she expect like nobody would be home, maybe? Like like maybe she's
0: like, Maybe I'll get lucky and there won't be anyone there, and I can just
1: like pretend it's my house, no big deal.
0: Right. I mean this whole thing, she's she's very like nothing's gonna stop her. She's she's kinda fearless in this this endeavor. So That's true. Um, and
1: and I and I know you guys talked about this last week, but the whole thing where she's like scaling the side of the house and she's <laughs> breaking it through the window and whatever. And it's like obviously, you know like you say, like she nothing, nothing's going to stop her to get inside that house. Um, But I, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, I think this has a lot to do with Frank Oz's performance and how like, I, I don't know what the, what the name of the, the look on her face would be because she's not like dumbfounded. She's not like surprised. She's just kind of like there. <laughs> you know At what, what
0: point are you thinking?
1: Well, I, I'm specifically thinking of
0: like when the
1: couple are, are having their conversation and she and maybe even like when the doorbell rings and she's just kind of like like looking around she's not panicked at any point right um but she's definitely like you could almost like see the gears grinding in her in her mind of like what's next
0: right she's thinking uh, she's not right that she's not panicking but she's thinking what do i do
1: right and you know maybe maybe the the truth is that she had no plan and right and she would figure it out as she went along and like honestly like despite the fact that her plan works spoilers uh she <laughs> Like like they're really she doesn't really do anything. She just kinda of breaks in the house and then everything's fine.
2: It's true. Yeah. Well she... this is I mean, this is a pretty low stakes movie. <laughs> like it's <laughs> but things minute, that but this that,
1: movie has gunplay and and robberies and, right, but that's um, exactly
2: what I'm saying. Is that like yes. n- the consequences of none of that like none of those things have very uh, dire consequences, as it turns out. Spoiler.
0: Right. And in a lot of other movies, there would probably some be something here where like the the residents were ch- trying to chase her out of the house or something, but the fact that that doesn't happen is what makes this that much funnier. That's true. Because everything it's, is um, so low-key. Yeah,
1: it's kind of hysterical that, that nothing happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Um, speaking of nothing ha- happening, uh, this couple is continuing their conversation um, including Neville, played by John Cleese, telling his wife, played by Joan Sanderson, what he would buy if he were bored. Um, as Peggy's making her way down the stairs, we can hear him mention cheese or a quail's egg. Those seem like very British things to to want to buy somehow to me. And Maybe just because I'm thinking of John Cleese on the Monty Python uh, cheese shop sketch.
1: I think cheese is, is a British thing. Like Wallace and Gromit, they love cheese. Yeah, You know... British people that's, love cheese and crackers and stuff.
2: That's a that's a thing, right? That's true, yeah. British people love cheese. Uh, Steve Urkel is not <laughs> British, but he <laughs> loves cheese.
1: Uh, and all mice are British. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, uh,
0: there
2: you, go. There
1: you
0: yeah. go. Yeah, yes. And I, I assume that the British eat more uh, quail's eggs than we do, but I don't have any statistics to back that up.
2: Well, can I tell you guys what?
0: What? Yes.
2: I made quail's eggs today. No way!
0: That is amazing. Yeah, I,
2: <laughs> you guys both knew that. Um, uh, yeah, in in preparation for this podcast, I bought an 18 pack of quail's eggs, which is equivalent to four and a half <laughs> chicken eggs.
0: That's and, crazy.
2: Yeah, it is. And so my wife and I each had my wife Rosalind, who's uh, who's been on the show before. We both had a nine quail egg omelet with goat cheese in honor of quail's eggs and cheese. In the movie, oh, sweet. Uh sweet. Pre- pretty much, just tasted like an omelet. I, I mean, I I wish I had something exciting to say about quail's eggs, but well, I would let just me, buy a chicken egg. So
0: start. let me ask you this: Were you bored before you went to the store to buy them?
2: No, I was thrilled. I was hopped up on the idea of eating <laughs> quail's eggs. So the
0: opposite <laughs> of the experience that Neville would have had.
2: Yes. So maybe I should have. I should have been bored. Right. That and I could this go to the store first.
0: Something.
1: This is the very first time you ever tried a quail egg, yeah.
2: Correct.
0: And so it it didn't taste that much different than a chicken's egg?
2: No. And like, I mean, maybe the goat cheese, like, you know, goat cheese has a very strong flavor, too. So maybe that kind of masked whatever the the intricacies of the quail egg are. Mm. But yeah, I didn't didn't notice much of a difference.
0: Well, we'll be talking about that more uh, next week on our cooking podcast. That's going to be good. It's
2: We're actually going to watch uh, Cook Muppets Kitchen with Cat Cora. Yeah. Two minutes at a time. Oh, exactly.
1: That sounds like torture.
0: Ready for lots <laughs> and lots of Angelo. Angelo.
1: I was just about to ask what his name was. I couldn't
2: remember. Angelo it. is one of my four favorite Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's should,
1: my ninth favorite Muppet that has, live hand, that has real
2: hands. That's good. My my top four <laughs> favorite Muppets are Angelo, <laughs> Mo Frackle, Kylie, and PJ.
0: That's a good list. Ken and BJ are separate muppets uh,
1: in this they don't they don't get teamed up in one category.
2: They're both they're both uh, special in their own ways. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's
1: what
2: nice. they have their
0: personalities. and they both One, are,
1: of, like, them like, one of them sounds like one of them
2: sounds like aliens. Yeah, yeah, one of them sounds like Elmo and the other one sounds like I don't know, Camille Bonara. <laughs> there you
0: go. For those who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> Kylie and PJ were uh, little kid Muppet characters from the uh, Jim Henson play along video series that was released on VHS. Um, you said Mo Frackle.
2: I said Mo Frackle from when the Muppets were on Family Feud against the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, Man. Mo
0: Frackle is this character who was created <laughs> exclusively for the Muppets to appear on Family Feud, and of course Angelo, the chef character from The Muppets Kitchen with Cat Cora. He has. Human hands, much like the Swedish chef.
1: And, and like, here's the thing, everybody listening. You know, these minutes we're talking about, not a whole lot is happening. (laughs) It's true. So, this podcast is going to be, like, ten minutes long unless we talk about, you know, Angelo and and Mo Frackle and their friends.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, another person who has real hands is John Cleese. (laughs)
1: Segway! Wow, that was smooth.
0: Thank you very much. Who continues (laughs) just cleaning his pipe as the scene goes on. Um, There's just something I find so amusing about the way he just keeps tap, 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 tapping away at that thing. Like sort of oblivious to everything that's happening around him.
1: Yeah, as a kid, um, I I remember, I didn't know what he was doing because I didn't know any pipe smokers and even if i did i don't think i i think my dad owned a pipe but i've never saw him smoke it i think he just had it because it looked cool on his shelf and um but like from what i understand like if you're cleaning a pipe like you're it's more like you're scraping a bit because you're getting all the the like the burnt stuff like the tobacco off the pipe so he's just like sitting there tap tap tapping which maybe i'm wrong maybe that, that is how you clean a pipe but it in retrospect doesn't seem like it
0: (laughs) no i'm sure it's not a very effective especially the way he does it it's just very just like tap 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 i yeah i don't think he's getting much done there
1: and when he's like also obviously like a million miles away
0: yes exactly but i'm sure it's the highlight of his day
1: yes right
0: (laughs) um and by the way these these two stuffy british people are very nicely dressed for dinner for just the two of them at home.
1: Yeah, I love uh, Neville's velvet jacket, that tuxedo jacket. Yeah. It, it reminds me very much of, of Gonzo's uh, tuxedo from the old, old Muppet Show episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just looks like, I don't know. I, like, it looks like the kind of thing where I could see someone wearing that to their own wedding today, like in 2019. Sure. Like, it, like, came back around.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I guess Dorcas's dress looks like... Something I would think of, like you would see in a period piece, somebody wearing to a, a wedding, maybe, or like a fancy—I don't know—some kind of fancy social gathering.
1: Um, it kind of looks like um, what the angel on top of my parents' Christmas tree is wearing. Oh, it's is just that lots right? of unnecessary ruffles and like hiding whatever you know is underneath because there's
0: nothing inside of that thing because it's supposed to be a tree topper. <laughs> <laughs> if you can send a picture of that, I will put it uh, in the show notes with a picture of her dress.
1: I'll do my best to find one. <laughs> All right. It is. It is June. <laughs> that thing is in a box in right. Ohio.
0: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> so I have a theory about why Dorcas is so dressed up. Go for it. Okay. So in these minutes later on, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Sure. But as long as we're on the topic of Dorcas's dress, um, he's Neville says he's going to go to the store, right? And she offers to come with. Him. And he, he says, that's not necessary, Dorcas. There's no need for you to leave the house. And, of course, she dryly responds that she hasn't been outside for 12 years.
0: 12 years. 12 years.
2: She hasn't been outside for 12 years. So I think she decided she got all dressed up because at this dinner, she is going to breach the subject. She is going to bring up the idea that she's accompanying him to the store. Oh. She needs to look her best. This is it. This is the day she's going outside. Wow, you put
1: a lot of thought into Dorcas's um, character motivations. Probably- sure, man.
2: I love I love Dorcas. I love her. <laughs> she's my fa- she's my favorite character in any movie ever. <laughs> she's right up there with Angelo. <laughs> right up <laughs> top no, five favorite characters of all. Okay, anyways.
0: I like that. Uh, so you don't think she's been wearing this every. Day, hoping that he'll invite her. This like this is the day. so it's not like a Mrs. Havisham in um no, because it looks it
2: looks it looks like a very nice, well taken care of dress. Yeah, I don't think she's been wearing it every day. She has all kind of clothes to choose from. I, I do like the idea
1: that like she's she's well dressed. Maybe not necessarily to say like today's the day, but like just in case he's like I don't know, you want to come with me to the store? <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. It's not gonna be like, hang on, I gotta go put my face on. And then he goes well, never mind if it's going to be a whole thing, and then they're stuck inside for another night.
0: But no, another 12 ready, years, ready
1: to roll. another 12, which by the way, can you imagine? <laughs> can you even imagine being stuck inside for 12 years? And like, I also, I mean, I understand she is not like they're against her will.
0: No, the way the scene is presented, she's very matter of fact about it. Like, oh, I haven't been inside in 12 years, she doesn't really care.
2: Right. Well, and I, I like that his reasoning is. That the weather's been most disappointing.
0: Yes, which which calls back to a couple of minutes ago and that's all they could talk about. Right? Yes.
1: And the weather has been disappointing in the twelve years leading up to the Great Muppet Caper,
0: to be fair. Did you look at did you go back and look at all the meteorological records?
1: <laughs> yeah, isn't that part of the research? Yeah. The yeah.
0: Gave me twelve years of disappointing weather. Well, yeah it, on Highbrow Street. Like, but also like don't forget it's it's London. Which
1: has notoriously disappointing weather. Like That's, that's like, true. The whole thing is like, it's like constantly overcast and rainy.
0: Right. Like you open true. the newspaper and it said, today's forecast, disappointing.
1: <laughs> Most <laughs> disappointing.
0: Yes. So jumping back a little bit, though, uh, Dorcas is pressing Neville for more information on what he would buy if he were bored. And this time, he thinks about it and says, a jar of calf's foot jelly. So, for many years, I thought he was saying Carlsford jelly, which yeah. I assumed was just a... You, you had that too?
1: I, I wrote that down as well, Carlsful, car, yeah, Carlsford jelly. That's hard yeah. to say. I Carlsford just
0: assumed that was a, a brand of jelly that they had over there. But no, and I, I don't know when I realized this, but in fact, he's saying calf's foot jelly. And I. so, you know, I was content to leave it at that as far as my notes here for this. I but wasn't i so I, was I not content. so I hear so I was not okay so let me tell
1: you people Please about do. my grand plan so when I when I realized I had this these minutes and and we were going to be talking about cast foot jelly um my what I really wanted to do is go find some cast foot jelly
0: not which sounds knowing, disgusting like, by the way I don't know if I does said sound that disgusting.
1: yet totally sounds disgusting and i and i was like okay i'm gonna buy some and then uh, ryan and i we both live in new york city i was gonna take it to ryan's apartment and we were gonna taste test casket jelly live on this podcast so the first thing i needed to do was figure out who sells casket jelly and (laughs) in the united states of america in the united states of america In, in the year 2019 correct and you know it's a delicacy in the UK um so I assume someone in the UK um enjoys the, the caspa jelly and actually in in my research um, I also found out that Muppet show guest star zero mostel loved ca- caspa jelly and he had his own <laughs> recipe and uh, on which he wrote I'm mad about ca- jelly cooking so here's a great <laughs> English dip that's good when you're sick and-, and better when you're healthy and no matter what you call it." A pleasant gas stays with you all day. Oh boy.
2: <laughs> and don't forget that that was in uh, Dinosaur's Celebrity Cookbook. That, that is right. where you found it.
0: That
1: is exactly where I found it. So, um, so anyway, so I searched New York City. I called all these different places, and like nobody has Casquette Jelly, it just does not exist. So, I, I called a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Lohman, and she is a culinary historian. Which is a real thing you can be, kids, if you dream. Nice. Um, so what she does is she studies food history. And she uses it as a way to um, tell stories about, about history, about women and I- immigrants and people of color. And um, she does, she like, uh, you know, for example, like she might find an old recipe from World War One, And she'll find the same kind of food that they had back then that hasn't been, you know, tainted by um uh, you know the way that we we make food uh today for for mass markets and she'll find the same way that they made it with the same tools and et cetera, et cetera. and she'll be able to tell a whole story uh, about this and she's very good at what she does and i find it fascinating
0: um so i was like hey i, I assume angelo the chef is one of her heroes
1: obviously <laughs> yes. obviously Uh, so she unfortunately didn't have too much, too much advice for me, but she did explain to me like, like, okay, so you probably can't buy it anywhere. So what you're going to have to do is you have to call your local butcher and you have to order calves'
2: feet in advance because they generally don't have them in the counter. Can I, can, can I interject? Yeah, please. I called seven butchers in the twin cities area (laughs) to ask about (laughs) buying, buying cows feet and they all shot me down.
1: Oh, man. That's crazy.
0: Okay.
2: So did yeah. any of
0: them like seem to think that you were very strange for asking?
2: You know, they all sounded a little surprised. Um, yeah. And actually a coworker of mine, uh, one of our, I work in a middle school. One of our uh, seventh grade science teachers talked to the butcher who gives her the fetal calves that they dissect. Oh,
0: wow. Uh, yeah. Or no,
2: no, 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 no. They, no. Sorry. That's wrong. She gets fetal pigs somewhere else. They dissect cow's eyes in seventh grade science. Right. And huh. the butcher who gives her the cow's eyes would not give her cow's feet for me to make cow's foot jelly out. He's of, like, "Listen,
0: so. I draw the line at feet." Right. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. you guys were both considering making calf's foot jelly at home in your kitchens. Well,
1: yes, but then From I know recipe. It was made. Yes. I was going to use zero Marcel's recipe. But yeah. like so my friend Sarah, she tells me, um, what you have to do and and I'm cutting out some um some details here, but you basically she says you boil the hell out of the feet. And then the gelatin, well, I'm sorry, then the slime that rises to the top, you it forms like this gelatin on, on on top of the pot, and then you're supposed to scrape the gelatin and refine and flavor it and form it in a Jello mold, and that's what calves foot jelly is,
0: which sounds awful. As if it didn't sound bad enough already. But like,
2: who who was the one who like figured and, that out? Like who who like in boiled the cows zero- like, oh, Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> In, and the zero mustel recipe says to refrigerate it, serve it cold over hard-boiled eggs. Yes, which
1: I was. I also read was like the customary way to to eat it is with hard-boiled eggs, which I don't know why. But huh. um, so, and I also watched like a video and I saw someone doing it, and I was like, "This is not coming into my house. I cannot make this, even if I could find cow's feet." And no. I was, I was ready to just, just wipe my hands of the whole thing. Well, excuse me, wash my hands of the whole thing and just say like, it's not going to happen. And then as I'm Googling, I find out it's not only a British delicacy, it's also a Jewish delicacy. And they call it something else. They call it uh, pet- Petcha. Petcha. I think I'm saying that right.
0: Is it P-E-T-A-C-H?
1: Well, it's not in,
2: in using like,
0: alphabet. So. Well, isn't I mean, like trans, P- transliterate Isn't it
1: like P-apostrophe
2: T-C-H-A or something?
1: Yeah, I've seen several different spellings of it, but the one I wrote down here to make sure I got it right for my own benefit is P-E-T-C-H-A-H. Petka. So then I start looking up Petka and oh, which, by the way, I also found out the name Petka comes from the Turkish words Paka Korbasi, which literally translates to leg soup.
0: (laughs) Whoa. That also makes me think of Pachalafika from ah, The Muppet Show. Oh,
1: that's what that means. He just wanted
0: <laughs> they whisper it all cass- over Turkey.
1: He wanted some uh, Casbah jelly. Uh, so uh, so uh, also the uh, uh, Petka is apparently commonly served as an appetizer at Jewish weddings, which sounds like a curse, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> if Like you're trying to be polite and, and not... Just say, no, I don't want to eat that. But yeah, no, that would be horrifying.
1: Yeah. Um, so I find out that there's only one deli in all of New York City that sells it. I found on the Second Avenue Deli's website on their menu, they sell Petka. And I was very excited. And I told you both how excited I was. That yes, I was you were very it, excited. And we were going to eat it. And it was going to be great. And so this morning... You were so excited,
0: uh, you were quivering like a bowl of calf's foot jelly. I
1: was. <laughs> God. Well, I'm going to throw up. So, um, so yeah. I uh, I called... I, thankfully, I, I called the deli this morning, just like, you know, as far as you know, maybe they run out very quickly, or maybe they're like, oh, we, we don't have it today, or whatever. And they they said, no, we don't make it anymore. Nah. And I said, no. And I could... But it's still on your website, and they didn't seem to care. Uh so I, I did some more Googling to see if there was anyone else, and I found several blog posts that were like, there's only one place in all of New York City that sells peca, and it's 2nd Avenue Deli. And you know what? They're liars.
2: Yeah. Oh, funny. man. Well, Joe, I'm so so. I I My heart goes out to you that you didn't get to try Cavs Fit Jelly. Ryan, I am so relieved for you that you didn't have to try <laughs> well, Cavs no, Fit Jelly.
0: No, look, I, I'm on the record. I, I was – I, I made it clear to Joe, I was not planning on actually eating the jelly myself. I was gonna watch him eat it and uh, describe his reaction. I would not have stood for that. You were gonna eat it.
1: <laughs> or else I was gonna I was gonna start tearing stuff off your walls. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
2: I was prepared. Oh man, good stuff.
1: Well, so in any case, so i i I, I can assume, despite the fact that it sounds disgusting. I would assume that because several British people who I respect, including uh, uh, Zero Mostel and whoever wrote that line, which it could have been John Cleese, um, that maybe <laughs> it's not so bad. Maybe it's just like a gelatin. Maybe it's Jello, And it just happens to, you know, have like a, a beefy odor to it or something. Yeah. So I was really actually looking forward to tasting it. And I'm
2: very sad about that. And
1: But on the Joe, bright side, it gave Joe? us something to talk about.
2: <laughs> Joe? Joe? Yes, Anthony. You're forgetting who you're forgetting what Zero Mostel sounds like cuz he's from Brooklyn, my man. Oh, right. Well, he's <laughs> Is he from Brooklyn, really? You think yeah, you you you've heard him talk. He's not British.
0: Well,
1: he okay, well, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. I when I'm picturing him in my mind, he's singing with a British accent. You're
0: thinking of him singing what do the simple folk do on the muppet show.
1: Oh, you do. should watch I, The Producers. Also, it's very I've good. I've seen The Producers, but people do accents I didn't know. I actually yeah, you know, actually He's, I, he's I will admit, York. I will admit I am I am wrong. I actually assumed that he was British because he's a good actor and he sometimes acts with kind of a bravado in his voice. Sure, like uh, like when like when he does uh, like on his Muppet Show episode when he does the uh, the Fears of of Zero, he right. does not sound yeah. like a like a guy from Brooklyn, you know. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> so that was my so Zero mustell impression. I guess I just hey, think hey, I'm
2: Zero like, over here. Like when I think of Zero Mustel, I think of I'm wearing a cardboard belt. From the tradition, right? Yeah.
1: Like... Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh,
0: so we have now associations of Calf's Foot Jelly with John Cleese and Zero Mostel. We don't know what all the other Muppet Show guest stars thought of Calf's Foot Jelly, but we will do some research on that.
2: Many of them are still alive to It's ask. true. Like,
0: Let's find out what Paul Simon thinks of Calf's Foot Jelly. <laughs> Let's
2: see what Brooke Shields thinks about Calf's Foot Jelly. Melissa yeah. Manchester
0: loves Calf's Foot Jelly. <laughs> That's what I heard. Um, wow. So, if if anyone is still listening, (laughs) we can, uh, we can continue. Um, yeah, so, uh, Dorcas would like to go with Neville. He says it's not necessary. She says she hasn't been outside in 12 years. Uh, so, she might as well go because the children are gone, the pets are dead, and the butler's been discharged. Um... We can't really I, I don't know how old exactly these characters are supposed to be. I do think John Cleese is supposed to be playing a little bit older than he actually was at this time. Um how long ago do you think the children left and the, the pets died? And I mean, I guess twelve years is sort of our starting point here.
1: I mean, I would assume that like Dorcas may have gone to like a high school graduation or something, so maybe the kids have been out for twelve years. Yeah. That seems plausible. He, he would- also think that like after twelve years with that that kind of culture, like they would have married and had children, and maybe they would want to go see their grandkids
0: and yeah, yeah, or the kids would want to come back and visit occasionally, well yeah, maybe or maybe like she maybe, wants to go visit the the
2: butler who has been
0: discharged right she misses him <laughs> uh what kind well, of pets do you think they had
2: I, I I guess a pig apparently because I thought you said the pets were dead,
0: right, right. I was thinking or maybe some kind of like a pig. Could be. I was thinking maybe like some corgis like the queen has, maybe that that just seems very British also somehow. Because Joan
2: Sanderson kind of looks
0: like the queen. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Yeah. I, I would I would think that like they had some sort of like really um low maintenance pet cuz they don't really seem motivated to do anything. So it's like, probably true. not a dog that they would have had to walk.
0: Right. That's I don't a good know what point. That would
1: be. like that like a turtle.
2: <laughs> maybe yeah, like a hamster.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Or,
2: yeah, or like birds. They see, she seems like
1: a
0: bird person. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see Dorkus raising birds. Yeah, and then we see the familiar green finger of another uh, familiar animal, Kermit the Frog, ringing the doorbell. This completely baffles Neville. Um, Wait,
1: can I, but can I just say what's really completely baffling about that? Yeah, like how does Kermit's finger, which we know is just a piece of felt, hit that that doorbell and push it
2: in? <laughs> but it could be like a special hand with like a stiff finger I you mean, know. yeah
1: it could be or it could be like they just you know straightened it and like the doorbell is being pushed from the other side or something like it could be any yeah. number of things but the fact that like I don't know like yeah. it's not it's not it's not immediately obvious of how Kermit pushes a doorbell and makes you think of like someone wrote into the script like Kermit pushes the doorbell and then someone had to go wait a minute how are we going to do that
0: yeah it's one of those things where it's easy to write actually Joe a uh, uh, Muppet the, the writers of the uh, uh, Letters to Santa Muppet Christmas uh, told us once when we were uh, interviewing them, there are a lot of things with the Muppets that it's easy to write, but impossible to actually pull off on screen. Yeah. So, yeah. this is one of those things where they really had to think about it. My guess is that they just either built a new Kermit hand, like just the hand with the the straight finger, or just inserted some kind of... Uh, rod or something inside Kermit's finger, but yeah, who knows? I, mean, I,
1: I would assume that maybe it's it's like a photo puppet of Kermit, which would mm. have fingers that have wires in them.
0: Right, it already has that armature. Yeah, and like
1: so they could pose pose the fingers however they want. And yeah, that
2: seems likely.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be my guess. And then it's probably a button that doesn't really need a whole lot of pressure to push in. Because yeah, you know. but like still, I mean, like how great is that? Like it's such a simple little thing, and yet here yep. we are
0: discussing it at length. (laughs) Muppet movies are full of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's some good doorbell talk, guys.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, So Neville seems like he would just as soon keep cleaning his pipe with the tap, 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 tapping. Uh, Dorcas suggests they should answer the door while they try to decide who should answer it. Piggy yells, I'll answer it, and heads for the door. So at this point, she has dropped all attempts at trying to be stealthy or trying to escape their notice. Yes, she's and just continuing to have no plan whatsoever, <laughs> right, but she's just desperate to see Kermit, so she's determined um and yeah, so this is where Neville says, "I thought you said the pets were dead, which is a great line,
2: such a great little button on that,
0: yeah, uh and then here's Kermit at the door, and he has a little gift for her,
2: and
1: the tiniest little little white bow tie,
0: yeah, I actually don't remember what is in this box if we ever get to see I mean, it so. it's obviously a corsage, right, I guess so. But I, I had I had forgotten that he had this little present for her. But that's a, a nice touch. Um, Kermit starts to say he's never been inside, and that's where this clip ends. Oh no! Inside he's, what? He's, he's never, never been, been inside indoors, what?
2: He's <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> never been indoors, even though we've seen him inside of two different buildings. We know, movie. he's an outside frog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he grew up in the swamp. Um, I do, I do want to. Hey, up we here. don't know
2: that his dad. We don't know anything about uh, Kermit's upbringing. That's true.
0: This version of Kermit, who is a reporter.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, not from he the swamp. Be. He's from the bear cave or something. Who knows? Who cares?
1: <laughs> Who even
0: cares where he's from? From the big city.
1: Yeah, um, I, w- I want to back up a quick second to um, the shot where Miss Piggy is crawling into the into the the room where Neville and Doris are having their conversation. Mm, yeah, which is yeah, that looks great. A, it's like it's such a fascinating. Like I've, I spent a lot of time thinking about this puppetry trick. How they've got a piggy that you see full body all on all fours crawling. So like obviously being pulled by strings of some sort and then matching the pace, you see the ears kind of pop up behind the the little um, what what is that? The shelf, I guess. Like you Yeah, see it's like 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 a- it pops up a little bit and then she pokes her head up and looks around and you like obviously it's this is now, you know, Miss Piggy the puppet in Frank Oz's hand. So like they like very seamlessly switch from that crawling puppet to the real puppet.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that, because even watching this two minutes at a time, it's so seamless, I didn't even think to yeah. comment on it.
1: Well, and I also wonder, like, what is what does it look like on the other side of that um, that bookcase, or whatever the thing is, the, the shelf? Um, because it must be, there must be a pit, a very shallow pit, where Frank is sitting. Or I guess he could be lying down, but I don't, I don't really see where he would be doing that. Um especially because then later on Piggy when she says, uh, you know, I'll answer it and she runs off. Like she she runs far enough that like Frank is not lying on his back. Like he's like he's performing with his whole body.
0: Yeah, I really have no idea if this is a set or if this is part of a real house. I don't know. I don't know either. But like, I mean, again, how cool is it that like what
1: a simple thing. Miss Piggy crawls into shot and it's like, oh, we can do so much more. We can (laughs) have two piggy puppets. And we could seamlessly put this thing together within like in camera and it's going to be awesome. And no one's going to notice until 2019 when they talk about it on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's what they were thinking.
1: (laughs) And then Dave goals was like, what's a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. So, uh, well, I was going to say, do you have any final thoughts on these minutes? But uh, Joe, did you have anything else besides that? Oh man, I said so much. I think, uh, I think I'm going to take a break. (laughs) All right. And Anthony,
2: I don't have any final thoughts because that's just the sort of spur of the moment fellow, I'm not.
0: Uh-huh. You are you're so unlike Neville. Mm-hmm. So you're such in a that dork- case. <laughs>
2: you're such a Dorcas. My my mom uses Dorcas as an insult term often. That's like, great. She'll just be like you're such a Dorcas or whatever. Uh, anyways.
0: I don't know that I've ever heard the name outside of this movie other is there there's someone in the bible named dorcas
2: there is there is and there was actually uh, this is nothing to do with my mom but there was a dorcas in my aunt kim's high school graduating class who was a good friend of my aunt kim and i know that because she has mentioned her many times over the years huh. and when we were little me and my brothers thought that was hilarious
0: yeah it was um i i it just
1: google dorcas by the way and dorcas is is from the bible uh uh, she was a disciple who lived in Joppa, as referenced in Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament. But I, I don't really go. have enough time yeah. to like read about what she did.
0: There you go. Well, so okay, the yes. listeners can go look that up in, in the New Testament.
1: Yes, read your Bible, mm-hmm. everybody.
0: Yeah. And uh, you can also read the articles on toughpigs.com on the internet. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all of those places. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Anthony is on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. And Joe, where can people find you on the internet? Uh,
1: well, they can find me uh, where I normally post things on the Tough Pig social media accounts, uh, which you should be following all those anyway. Uh, but if you want to hear about, you know, things that I say on the Twitter, uh, it's just my name. It's just Joe Like I, I got it before the other Joe Hennesses did they all hate me
0: yeah good job
1: thanks
0: so everyone uh follow joe Hennes. and uh if you're so inclined give us a positive review on apple Podcasts or wherever you can give us a positive review tell all your friends about the show and join us once again next week for another episode of moving right along bye bye Petka. <laughs>
2: Pet I Petka. can't do it. Pet ka, yeah, use the back of your throat. You guys, I'm like, I'm like so Scandinavian. Pet Petka.
0: pet There's
2: only
1: one ka. It's, it's the first ka.
2: Pet No, you're oh. doing a second ka. Pet
0: you're right, I am.
1: Pet ka, pet ka, All right. I don't have Just... a
0: back of my throat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my clear my sinuses. <laughs>